0: I'm going from 6 to midnight. has got an enormous, giant, big brain. I believe your robot voice. But people time. That's how I hated them. <laughs> I think that's...
1: Every time that we I've heard us say people time, it's like that in some horrible way. We're like,
0: people time. People time. People time. People time. Huh? And then the guy who's listening, to one guy's like, God, I fucking hate this podcast. (laughs) I don't know why I listen
1: to it every... They release
0: one episode every six months and it's awful. (laughs) Yeah, here I am.
1: One subscriber, I have to be the one guy who feels like he's done something interesting on the internet by being the Whatever. only guy here.
0: He'll get a better podcast going of him reviewing our podcast, but like dissecting it and why it's so bad and like why we're idiots. And millions of views. And people will be like, this is great. <laughs> and people will never listen to ours. They'll never actually go to ours. They'll always listen to it from him. Because
1: he will start every episode with,
0: do not listen
1: to <laughs> the podcast where the source comes from.
0: He's like, I'm a psychologist. I'm going to break down Trust for you guys.
1: You don't want to hear it. It's inane. <laughs> it will make you dumber
0: <laughs> they do this obnoxious people time and it is the worst
1: and they say in a way that you can't really tell what they're saying <laughs> but they don't explain that
0: <laughs> if, <laughs> if if i ever saw these guys i'd i'd punch them i would if i ever met them they'd be like oh you're part of the podcast yeah i'm going to punch you in and the then them.
1: we would review podcast his reviews
0: <laughs> which still nobody would yeah. listen to <laughs> <laughs> we try to even like push his name out there because he's already got a lot of followers, and so we're like, "Hey, name dropping him."
1: He hates us. We love him. I punch him in the face too.
0: <laughs> and then he reviews that by like, "Yeah, now they're trying to be fucking crafty." See how
1: fun this is? <laughs> they're awful. They're terrible human beings.
0: So, uh, welcome to uh, People Time.
1: <laughs> People Time. Welcome to the show. Well, program. Program.
0: So yeah. So who are we uh, who are we reviewing? People's timing. Life, yeah. Are we checking taking a look at that?
1: Doctor Stefan Hawking. Yeah. Hawking stuff.
0: Who just recently he passed away not too long ago. Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah. Let's Maybe. Oh yeah, it was March, March of twenty eighteen. Huh. There you go. So super recent, actually. Yeah. And he was seventy six, which is pretty kick ass for the the disability that he had. Right. So uh, Stephen Hawking's. Yeah, yeah, or Hawking. I actually used to say Hawking's, and, I, and I, after I did research, I realized it's not Hawking's. It's Hawking it's singular. He's just the one guy, <laughs> right? There's not more than one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was an interesting. thing. I mean, I really just wanted to look into it now that he's passed away, so we can get like a whole life view of the guy. Yeah, and his life, life is not not that interesting.
0: Well. Wow. I mean, he did interesting stuff, but it's just yeah,
1: he thought interesting stuff,
0: yeah, that's kind of cool to like fun for everybody. We're reviewing somebody who like basically the reason why we're reviewing him is because he had cool thoughts,
1: yeah, that's true because he that's literally the only thing he did,
0: like he helped obviously the scientific community, but mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't necessarily yeah, well, I mean,
1: with his disability, he couldn't do anything, yeah. so he literally that's all he did was think stuff.
0: Which is pretty cool. If if you can't do anything and then you're getting marvelled at for like your thoughts, that's that yeah, that'd yeah. Be something. I mean, that's pretty badass. I mean, I did
1: I did hear one lady in one of the documentaries I watched say that she thinks that's why he's so prominent. Really? She's like he didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, just sit there and think. Only his brain worked. Everything else was crapped. Yeah. So he just thought cool stuff. Like like I bet he probably thought of all the best. Um, movie plots then he was like i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna do science yeah yeah what good guy
0: yeah anyway so uh when, when was he born
1: stephen Hawking was born uh january 8th 1942 okay so the height of world war ii yeah um which was actually the 300th anniversary of galileo's death
0: Oh, interesting! I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he like he actually in interviews liked to point that out, and then would immediately point out that he did not see that as an auspicious sign. Just saying that it happened, he's right? Like, but it but just, it's cool. It did happen. Yeah, and one I heard, he's like, "I've estimated that around twenty-two thousand other people were born on this day around the Earth, and I don't believe that any of them had a partic- particular love of science." And I was like, "Okay, Stephen, well, I get it. You're <laughs> not. A, you're not. You don't want that to be your selling
0: point." But I'm the one who brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I want to know I, I thought of that. <laughs> it's, like,
1: it's like me in a job interview being like, yes, I am very skilled at Excel. Um, a lot of people are really skilled at Excel. I am very good at Excel. <laughs> yeah. Please help me with a job. Um, <laughs> so his parents were Frank and Isabel Hawking. They- H- well, it's because there's two of them. Oh, gotcha. And what's her, what was you going to say?
0: I was going to say, where was he born? Was it in the States? No, it's
1: um it's England, but I don't know exactly where it was. I didn't know he's British. Yeah, he's English. Yeah. Yeah, his robot voice is American. Well Which I
0: don't Oh, would you call it American? It's, it's robotic. Just kind a robot of voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it never I changed, be- right? He he had the same one the whole time. Because mm-hmm. obviously in now more recent years, like you could probably get whatever you wanted. Actually, yeah, there
1: there's a humorous video about that that where mm-hmm. Um, famous people send him uh, videos of them asking to be his voice. Oh yeah, like Liam Neeson and uh, I don't know a bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Fry. That'd be a good one to have, right? And he, of course, he was always uh, a pretty funny and witty guy, and so he always had some witty comeback to all those celebrities.
0: He's like, "The one I got already better." Fuck you. <laughs> Essentially,
1: yeah. But yeah, he he did uh, in interviews say that he intentionally kept the robot sounding voice, and he's like. It's that's kind unique. of unique, I like it. It's
0: kind of his, right? Like, if, since he can't talk, that's his... Honestly, yeah, it's... Yeah.
1: I mean, you hear that voice, which is just a generic sound from the 80s. Yeah. And you think of him, if he had changed it. I mean, if honestly he would changed it to like a nicer, smooth, English-sounding gentleman, you'd be like, "That's, that's not the same guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, he, I'm glad he's, he kept it.
1: I think he made the right choice. Well, his home life was uh, different than usual people. His parents were intellectuals. Uh, doctors. Lucky. And, um, people said that their, their house was cluttered and it was just gross. And, uh, people would come over for dinner and the whole family would sit around the table reading books to themselves. That's awesome. That's just what they did. They were into that.
0: They're like, everyone's eating food and no one's looking at each other. That's <laughs> like, that's, the that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: don't fucking hate my family. <laughs> well, and, uh, this one guy said he was a friend with Steven's and he was like, e- even if you were invited to dinner by Steven, I mean, it's a good night if he talks to you that he's not reading a book. I like, am. I don't know. They were just weird.
0: Like come over and eat some of the food next to us and we'll be doing your shit, but pick your own book though. Don't <laughs> read from mine.
1: Yeah. Well, and they, um, so he was super into board games and that's what he would bring his friends over for is he built board games and played board games just like a really... Did he have a favorite? ...kick-ass. He made a bunch. Oh, nice. Yeah, so his sister said that he, they were playing Monopoly one time, and he got so frustrated, which I think is just from playing Monopoly. Monopoly, yeah. But she said that she thinks it's because he was so smart that he felt like he had outsmarted the game. So he didn't finish the game, and he went and made his own game that she said she couldn't understand the rules to, because there <laughs> were too many. Shit. And uh, I guess that's just what he did. He would have friends come over, and they would make these really intricate board games. And uh, other electronic stuff, they take apart clocks and
0: you know, yeah.
1: give them legs. Maybe I don't know what they do. <laughs> some science, some science stuff.
0: That's the most scientific thing you think of—is to give them legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I give them some legs.
1: Yeah, you get the thing to walk around. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool.
0: <laughs> A robot clock. There we go. So that way, it can go to other rooms and not alarm you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean. Yeah, so then you'll always know what time it is because you look around and you're like, where's that? Where's that little bastard? <laughs> clock! Hey!
0: Gotta get it so sort it of responds to us now. Listen, that's- I, should,
1: I shouldn't have given it a brain. That was the problem. <laughs> now, now It does whatever it wants with its own time.
0: Reads books at the dinner table. Um.
1: Yeah, there are also people who said that if they went to his house, they would have... Very interesting dinner conversation when they weren't reading anyway. They would talk about abortion and theology and shit like that. Nice. Good times, weird family, nerdy nerdy guy. Um, his parents wanted him. They knew he was obviously smart, even though he didn't give a shit in school. Kind of like Einstein. Just sort of whatever in school. Just
0: bored of it or what?
1: I don't know. Even he said it's not so much boredom as he was just felt like, I don't care. Yeah. He just didn't care. Yeah. His mind was on board games um so his parents wanted him to go into medicine that's what they did he wasn't into it because he's a punk rocker you know he wanted to do his own thing yeah it like science and he had a math teacher who convinced him to go into chemistry uh he didn't want to once he started studying chemistry he said he felt like said chemistry felt like botany in that it's just organizing things which i'm sure to scientists is a derogatory thing to say. <laughs> Some
0: chemist is listening to this and being like, what the fuck? What asshole.
1: But yeah, he said that several times. He's like, well, I was going to do chemistry, but it felt like botany. <laughs> <laughs> it's beneath me. Whatever. Yeah. I don't fuck with plants and chemicals. So, yeah, he studied physics, but he wasn't a very committed student in college either. Uh, he said that uh, um, when he was in Cambridge, he thinks that he probably studied one hour a day, every day. Hmm. And he said, you know he's not proud of that it's just it's just the case he just didn't give a shit in school he was very um he was actually pretty popular athletic he was the coxswain in the in the boat club what the coxswain
0: <laughs> that's
1: not what it's called is it yeah the coxswain okay. He's the coxswain of the boat club <laughs> no it's it's coxswain it's like um in competitive boating it's the guy who sits in the back Okay, and leads the boat.
0: Is that an important position? I don't know anything. Yeah,
1: that's like the that's like the leader. He he. So all the other dudes just just row.
0: Did he row too, um, or did he just like
1: they row but not with the same vigor? They actually just use like a and like a rotor kind of a thing to direct them. Yeah, they just make. I want turn.
0: that position if I'm ever going
1: to be on the team. It's like The it. laziest one. Yeah, but it also makes you like the quarterback. Yeah, it makes in a shot call. I mean, in Cambridge, the Coxwain is the cool <laughs> kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there were some indications that he was pretty popular. Yeah, and there's a lot of pictures of him that you should Google him in college, where his friends all look stuffy and you know, like they're in Cambridge, and he's usually doing a funny face or a weird position. He seems like a fun, loving kind of guy. Um, very popular. He was in several uh Girls Gone Wild videos. What for the. For the period, <laughs>
0: ah, yeah. Well, and so that's probably something that's worth mentioning, is because I think most people do know, but he wasn't born with a. Um, what is the disability? He, ALS. ALS. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't start that way from uh-uh. birth and couldn't move around. He was actually quite athletic, right? He yeah,
1: moved. yeah. Even his sister said that one time he told her, "There's eleven different ways to get into our house," and this just sounds like precocious, weird kid talk, and she was like oh, okay, and she started thinking it through, and she's like, no, there's only 10. He's like, nope, there's 11, and then free-scaled the side of their house to the roof and got into the roof through... or got into the house through some door on the roof into their attic, and she's like, oh, there is 11. It was a weird (laughs) comment I've heard of him make, but it stuck with me because I was like, damn, this guy who was debilitated maybe 12 years after that or something was free-scaling an old brick house. Like, yeah, he was... He must have been pretty athletic. Yeah. And he said he only studied one hour a day, so he must have spent the like other 23 doing Girls Gone Wild. Yeah. Drinking.
0: Was he a drinker? Did we know that? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, he
1: was. Um, but shortly here at the peak of his athleticism and popularity and not studying is when he started to have those weird health problems. So it started like his hands shaking, that tremors. And he didn't know why. Um, at age twenty, he's still at Cambridge for his PhD, and he's actually studying. Um, well, so like the the argument between the Big Bang and the steady state theory of the universe was being is a little short becoming popular. Yeah, and he wanted to. He was more interested in Big Bang. He didn't believe in steady state. I mean, that's something he was right about. Ultimately. What's the
0: What's the difference between? I, I've never heard of steady state.
1: So steady state was what actually what Einstein thought universe was as well and pretty much everybody prior to the big bang theory which was that the universe is just static like it it doesn't
0: like the, the big bang is, is the idea that it all came from one point but it's the moving. static is that it's always been and doesn't, always will. doesn't move yeah. nothing's nothing's changed
1: like much. yeah like the all the all the revolving of the stars and everything have been doing that forever yeah and that we're not moving because uh, before before we knew that everything was expanding, everybody assumed that it wasn't, and so the steady state just sort of made sense. Right. In fact, Einstein thought the universe was a steady state, and he said, I think he said before he died that that was his greatest blunder, or whatever oh, nice. fun word he would use.
0: Ah, chess term. Oh. Uh, is that a chess term? Blunder? Blunder, hmm Is that just when you... A blunder, technically, in chess is when you make a move. It can be from many things, but you've you've greatly made your position worse by usually two points is oh. what it's usually considered i think two points or more so the idea is sure. that you can also blunder just because you might have had mate and you missed it and you made a different move and you could have mated them so it's pretty much any fuck up yeah that's measurable you don't want to blunder the more you know if, if you blunder you could basically lose the game it's very easily if you blunder well, bad enough einstein almost blundered his career there you go. By being wrong. But he, uh, Stephen, yes. was like, no, I think it's the Big Bang. Yeah, so, I mean,
1: being a little bit, well, quite a bit younger than Einstein, he um was more up to date with what people were noticing. And, I mean, I was going to get, we can get to it now real quick. How? So the Big Bang start is just sort of a logical step from we noticed that, that everything is moving in one direction. Right. So there's there's a, a spectrograph, which is where you look at a star, and you can see or you can tell what kind of chemicals are coming off of it by the light that shines off of it. Right. And in doing that, they also were studying the waves, and they were like, well, all these waves are moving away from us. Sort of like the Doppler effect. You can you can tell when waves are coming at you, and you can tell when they're going away. Because yeah. when they're coming at you, they're getting smaller, when they're getting away from you, they're getting bigger. Yeah. So they noticed all the stars are getting moving away, and they were like, well, what the fuck's the deal with that? And then they looked at every star that we could see and we were like, oh, everything's moving away from us. So either we suck that much or <laughs>
0: we smell bad and everyone's the like universe ah. is expanding. Yeah.
1: And so everyone was like, well if it's all moving outward, then it used to be in. So everyone was like, "Right." that must be what it is. Yeah. Which is actually the logic that um a scientist named Roger Penrose came up with um actually black holes, essentially, which with Stephen Hawking's help here shortly in his biography, but yeah, he was using the same logic. he's like at some point a star um moves out and then falls in on itself and collapses, and he's like kind of like this new big bang theory, it's sort of like that,
0: yeah, that's cool,
1: so he um he started dating this girl named Jane Wilde. Um, she's one of the girls gone.
0: I was about to say, yeah, um,
1: that's I, how he knows her.
0: I wonder how many jokes that I got over with her. Like, she's wild, man. Well, most people don't know. Yeah,
1: the the Girls Gone Wild franchise is named after <laughs> Stephen Hawking's first wife.
0: Uh, oh man, I hope she's not <laughs> ever. <laughs> I hope her family no one's family is Stephen. <laughs>
1: but in um, um is how it, is
0: it spelled? Is it is, it it's w- with, an, it is with an e? With an e,
1: yeah. So if you if if you're at the back room of the video store and you see the girls gone wild with the E at the end, that's that. that's the original line, and it's is way better. It's way better. It's only English girls who are also intellectuals. Nice. Mm-hmm. Just talking about their majors and they got like pocket
0: protectors and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah, pocket protectors and you know like really old school prairie looking dresses.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. nice. They had those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm already. We gotta stop the podcast. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm away from six to midnight. <laughs> um. So he's dating Jane. He still has these weird compulsive movements. He hasn't told anybody yet because I think he's both freaked out and hoping that it'll just go away. Yeah. Um. Uh, but Did he, he get it checked out. He does here shortly because he actually falls while they're ice skating and busts up his head. And he tells the doctor, he's like, "Okay, I, I, I'm actually usually pretty athletic. I fell over because I've been having these weird shakes." And so, yeah, he's diagnosed with ALS, which is, I wrote it down, hmm. amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. So, write write that down. Okay. Um, given two to three years to live, which, I mean, he's one of the reasons why we know now that ALS actually doesn't kill you that young. So... Up to that point, most ALS diagnoses were when people were in their 50s, or older. 50s and 60s. So that's usually when people get it. So if you get it in your 50s or 60s, your body's so old at that point, you do only live two or three years. So when he was in his 20s and diagnosed with it, they just assumed it's the same progression, not realizing that he was actually going to be with the right treatment around for a while.
0: So people, yeah, and it sounds like then people didn't. He, people don't normally get it that young. And he when he did, it wasn't really...
1: Yeah, it's like, so it's also called Lou Gehrig's disease.
0: Oh, right, from the baseball player.
1: Yeah, and Lou Gehrig was 30-something when he got it, so he was actually older than Hawking's, too, but still relatively young for a disease that crazy, crazy uh, degenerative.
0: Right. Um, What does it do exactly to the body? The body that just uh, starts slowly?
1: So it shuts off all um, controlled motor Muscular function. function. Yeah. yeah. So you get to the point where at first you lose control of your body and then your body eventually loses control of it itself. You just can't do anything. No. Right. So some people like their lungs shut off and they just die. Luckily, he never got to that point. I mean, his all his organs were sharp all the way to the end. Shit, sure, yeah. So he lucked out. But when he was told that he's got this disease that's essentially, in his words, told him he was going to turn into a cabbage with a brain... You know, he got very depressed and fell headlong into sitting in big, dark rooms listening to Wagner records. Naturally. Just being bummed out. Yeah, that would suck to find out, like... Can you imagine? Yeah. Something where you know, oh, this is just going to get worse. Yeah. And you're, like, 22. And I'm going to die soon, according to the doctor. Great. So, he's at the hospital for some treatments and studies, or not studies, but treatments, and he actually saw a kid... Um, at the hospital die of leukemia and he actually had the idea he's like well my life could be worse he's like watching this cute young kid die of leukemia was was rough so he decided i'm alive now i'm in love with this this hot wild girl um just gonna keep going so he decided just keep going yeah um no known cause at this point still for als so everybody keep your heads down
0: so yeah and and there you isn't any way know. to prevent it, is there, right? Like, uh-uh, if you get it, you get it, and then that's, you're just...
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty much like Parkinson's. Like, mm-hmm. there's some idea that it might be inheritable, but they don't know.
0: Shit, man, that's crazy. And,
1: yeah, you just get it, and then hopefully you, you end up more like him than others, where you're still functioning for a good long time. Yeah. Nobody knows. Um, But yeah, he so he actually attributes his love for Jane, for what kept him around... And um, she made a weird comment where she said that his disease didn't bother her because of, in her words, the nuclear threat at the time was more of an existential threat. And I looked it up, and she she said that in 1963.
0: Uh, Russian Cold War?
1: What is that? Yeah, but... I and mean, it was a lot less in 63, right?
0: I think people were free, at least in the 50s and stuff people were really scared of it happening. Everyone thought yeah. for sure it was going to happen, especially like Sputnik and stuff came out in. Oh, that's true, yeah. All the space
1: programs and everything. Yeah. Well, either way, she made that weird comment where she's like, "Oh, I don't care that he's sick. We're all going to die."
0: <laughs> yeah, it is <was> way weird. <laughs> was and I'm like, not worried about my <laughs> brother. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, I'm worried about the bomb that's going to kill us all.
1: Right? She, she was more concerned about the general threat of being nuked than the well-being of her husband i don't know what i don't know what that is right she's wild man so um that th- this is when he attributes um not working one hour a day to actually working a lot and so he starts working with that dude i mentioned before Roger Penrose yeah who came up with the theory of singularity which is after a star collapses right so um, I don't, I don't actually know anything about science, but I can repeat back what I've seen on YouTube videos Same. and read in books, but yeah, as, uh, stars uh, at some point collapse from their own weight and become a singularity of, of, uh, mass, I think is the right
0: <laughs> energy. I think, yeah, they got a, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so Penrose was a decently well-known scientist and, and, uh, um Hawking's was smart enough and interested enough in the topic that Penrose was like, yeah, I'll work with you.
0: Was he still uh, able to move around at this point or was he now like in the in like bedridden or anything? He's not
1: in the wheelchair yet. Yeah. So he's actually using crutches to get around and he's kind of got this herky-jerky kind of unfortunate yeah body. Um but yeah, him and Penrose uh come up with this 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 theory which is that the big bang of the entire universe is the same type of singularity as a collapse star. Or at least the concept's the same. This is his uh I didn't know he's the one who came up with that. That's
0: cool. Or helped come up with that or whatever Yeah,
1: yeah. Him and I mean that's that one of the weird I, I didn't research this recently, but I remember watching a science documentary several years ago, um, where a scientist guy said that Stephen Hawking is like an important public figure, but he doesn't see him as like an all around important scientist. And I even remember at the time not knowing a lot about Stephen Hawking's thinking, that's a strange comment to make on a science documentary. (laughs) now that I've looked into it, I'm like, no, he really is very important, and this guy is just jealous. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's like, like, he's not really that big of a
0: deal, if you ask me. I'm just saying.
1: Well, just because he's in a wheelchair, like everybody thinks he deserves special treatment. I don't even think he's that smart. Like, have you guys read my papers? (laughs)
0: That's pretty. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Do you know who that was? Do you remember? I don't,
1: yeah. but I do remember being taken aback by that. Like that's a pretty odd that's thing, a to say. weird thing to say, bro. <laughs> the Einstein wasn't that great wheelchair. either. <laughs> like fucking Einstein and all these guys. Like, I'm great. I am. Oh, if you think about it, like Einstein didn't say anything that I didn't already think about. <laughs> I was in like first grade, dude, when I
0: was all my own stuff. <laughs> I don't know why, but whatever that voice is that you're doing for that guy, I freaking love it. It's <laughs> like a half surfer, but talking about science. Like, I, don't science know.
1: <laughs> I do all the science, dude. Like you guys don't even understand don't even all the shit I'm doing about. You wouldn't even get it. You wouldn't even get it anyway. I'm not even gonna tell you about it. Let's go hit the beach and let's go. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just gonna wax my board. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, in uh. Oh, so in July of 1965, he actually marries Jane Wilde. They they weren't married before. They were just fucking... Fucking? Yeah, not, uh, out of wedlock. So mm, they're going to hell. Dangerous. We already know that. We already know that. They're oh,
0: good. There. I know where I'm going to hang out with when I get down there, too, then.
1: I think she's still around, but he is rotting in hell right now. Oh. As we speak. Um, So they went on a honeymoon to a physics conference. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's like the
0: nerdiest, coolest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. Like, well, we're going go on our honeymoon. Let's go to. Want to go to a science conference and go listen to some people talk? Yes, honey. And Jane, was she super like into science?
1: Well, she's not a scientist. She's a writer, and she actually did say she's like on our honeymoon is where I met his other mistress, which is science. Science, and uh, I don't know. I think his passion and his talent for it. She was just like, ah, I should just go along with it. Yeah. Nothing else I'll be famous as a person.
0: Yeah. She did write a book. She's got an enormous giant big brain. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what she likes about him. She loves his big brain. Yeah. Uh, Throbbing brain, (laughs) (laughs) Throbbing. It has to you has to throb to think more. That's how that works.
1: Well, yeah, once the blood starts flowing and it, it it gets it gets really... Excited. Yeah. It gets it's excited all lit up. Thick. It gets really thick.
0: You're um, the worst. You <laughs> are the
1: worst. But so, um, yeah, she sort of just let that happen. She did end up writing a book about it that became that movie with um, Eddie Redmayne. I don't know if you've seen
0: that. I haven't. So, was, When did this come out?
1: A couple of years ago. Um you see Lay Miz. Yeah. I don't remember the character's name. Eddie Redmayne is... Is the guy that
0: um, <laughs> he's the one who wants to fuck his own daughter? No. Oh, okay.
1: No, oh, I can't remember any of their names now. Who's? Th- oh, it doesn't matter. But he, Eddie Redmayne, is in. <laughs> Le- 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 <laughs> if you if you see, see Lame Miz, the French Revolution guys, and he's the one that's not a hundred percent into it, and then oh. that girl is in love with him, but he's in love. with... The one with who it.
0: sings like a frog in the latest one. He sings like a frog. All right. That's Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. I like him. I mean, his voice. Is- <laughs> Empty <tables on> time. <laughs> like, I, I know I'm terrible. So I, he
1: plays. He plays uh, Stephen Hawking's in a romance movie about about him and Jane that based on a book that Jane wrote.
0: That's cool. And then probably oh. went on to sing like a frog. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually have seen previews for that. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, I w- and thinking like, ah, oh, yeah, I want to see that. Exactly. Oh, I got the guy that seems like a frog, though. And you're like, oh, I, don't uh, I know go, if, I watch. I don't know it. if I want to see it now, but I I forgot about it. Now.
1: Well, so there's there's that, and then from like 2001 or two, maybe um, Edwin Edwin uh, Cumberban Cumberman Batch. Yeah, Cumberbatch or Cumberbatch? Afghanistanians. Don't. I'm not a big fan of that guy, but he he also made a movie where he plays Steve Harvey.
0: What? Hold on, <laughs> I know we're not supposed. to. I don't want to sidetrack too much. But what? Why? I know everybody else says that because he's Doctor Who, right? And then he's also Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, he's Sherlock Holmes, and he uh, is he Doctor Who? I don't think so. If he is, he's got to be one of the later ones. Then I, don't know. I haven't gone that far. But anyways, but you don't like him? No. God, he's got so much charisma. He's got a weird face. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What are you I don't know. Uh, I he's got a weird name. As a straight man, Ed, he's got charisma. Edvald Cumberman, Stat- Cumberman Snatch. I think he's actually talked about how his name is like everybody just botches it. I don't know Cumberbatch uh,
1: uh, yeah. You're talentless
0: yeah. No Not you but Cumbersnatch no, he, He's good
1: He's good C- Cumberland If Cumberland he's ever Mills. I hope
0: he doesn't listen to this If he does I'm sorry <laughs> He's not going to listen to this Why would he ever listen He to will this? never hear this Eddie Redmayne might I don't know where his career is at oh. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know what he's doing There was a movie That was made recently And it's about Steve Huggins. Is it about his whole life Or is it just about like, Some uh, of his greater achievements Most of his life
1: Is sort of touched on But it's mostly about Their love yeah. Him and Jane. Oh, cool. It's very, very adorable. I didn't finish
0: it <laughs> I started watching. You're halfway through like nah. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus.
1: I got a thing with romances where I just go, eh, nobody's died yet. Yeah. I'm moving on. <laughs> um but yeah, so throughout the sixties, he's getting worse, he's getting worse, he's finally put in a wheelchair. Um luckily because of his uh work with black holes, he's prominent yeah. somewhat. Um, so he's got some staff of students who, in exchange for learning from him, also push him around in a wheelchair and get his coffee and stuff and help feed him whatever weird British food he's eating.
0: Nice. Those poached eggs. I think that'd be a pretty good trade-off. Like, I gotta learn from a genius yeah. and I'll, I'll do this all day long. Why not? Why, you know, change his diapers and stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do I'll it for that. So,
1: uh, at this point, he then theorizes black hole radiation, which... I don't know if you felt the shudder in the room. Did you feel the shudder? Mm-hmm. That's because um, it was a big deal.
0: So what? What? what is the radiation?
1: So this is a science concept that's good to talk about because it it's not totally ridiculous. So you got a black hole. Okay. Which is a collapsed star where the weight collapses so much that it becomes a hole ripped in time space. Right. right. And shit's just being sucked in. Yeah. So the concept was that um, nothing escapes the black hole. Not even light. Not even light. So they're like, well, how can you say it then? And I'm like, you know, the same way I see your mom. <laughs> I got nothing. But, um... Okay. So he says, no, it actually gives off this radiation and decreases in size. And mm-hmm. everybody just sort of lost their minds
0: over that for a long time. Um, so, is, so the, is that the radiation's energy is losing?
1: Yeah, so quantum mechanics stipulates, well, and this is what's fun, is this kind of partly proves that this is true, but at the time there was a theory that quantum mechanics stipulates that all the time, everywhere, a positive um, particle and a negative particle both magically happen yeah. and then magically reattach and then annihilate each other. Right, and yeah, they neutralize everything. For no reason. So you've got a positive and a negative particle that just exist, annihilate each other. Quantum mechanics is very strange. Yeah. I have no idea. But what he was saying is that on the outside of the, of the black hole, when this happens, the negative mass ones would be sucked in and the positive mass ones would
0: not. They're getting kicked out.
1: Yeah. So by the pressure of the negative going in, the positive shoots out. So the universe actually gains a positive particle and then the negative, because it's negative mass, sucks away from the density of the of the black hole and it slowly radiates to death
0: so then all the positives that are getting kicked out are they meet up with negatives later like what's going on with them i think they just just exist. radiation that just yeah the universe say, is chaos you can do this i mean i'm sure this is a completely different thing but it reminds you of richard Feynman talking about like if yeah. you take a comb and you comb your hair what you're doing is you're actually knocking off some of these extra wild, and that's why when you put it over a piece of paper it lifts up is because you have a little bit extra what's static electricity negatives. Is? yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, and, and I think when it comes to electromagnetism, like everything's kind of. It has to do with everything, so it makes sense that this might be something similar to it.
1: Yeah, that like practically the entire universe runs off the same rules of how in every other day we see electricity.
0: And then you get to the, mechan- the quantum level and you're like, well, I don't understand how any of this works. Oh my some weird shit's happening. There's
1: some stuff that he talks about with that that we can get into that's kind of fun. Okay. Um,
0: So he comes up with this. Yeah, he he
1: theorizes black hole radiation, and of course it isn't until much later that it's proved, because it's just theoretical, and we don't have the ability to observe them, but from what I understand, we have observed... Not the particle shit happening, but, but large black
0: holes get smaller. And uh, do they also notice that there's a large amount of radiation from where the black yeah. holes were?
1: Actually, that's the thing, is that, yeah, there, it was theorized that if we ever
0: saw one, because we hadn't seen one at this
1: point, that it would just be nothing. You wouldn't see anything. Yeah. But now you actually do. There's a light film of radiation coming off of it, which is the positive particles taken off. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So he was super excited about that. He proposed it at a conference. Um, again, I'm going to quote Jane. She: It's not just that I... I'm only interested in her, even though she's she's very attractive. Um, she just she she. I've watched a lot of documentaries about him, and she's a main person in them because she's well, kind of she, animated and she's really nice and she has a lot of quotables.
0: Well, that makes sense. She knows <laughs> him very well, and if they're yeah. going to do interviews, she's kind of be kind of a little bit of a spokesperson for and him. And she
1: gives interviews a lot. She's she's really happy to do that. Obviously. That's awesome. But she says that when this idea was proposed, um, which bear in mind, uh. Hawkins was one of the main people who came up with the concept of black holes. A few years later, he goes, hey, they actually, I was a touch wrong, they actually radiate and get smaller. He he proposed at a conference, and the chairman said, this is preposterous. They didn't like preposterous. it. Preposterous. And he <laughs> said, I've never that. I've never heard of such a thing. And Jane said the whole place went bananas, which I would assume for a science conference just They're means like, that there was a very huh? brisk. Huh. Huh. Huh.
0: And a couple will be like, hmm, hmm, hmm,
1: interesting, hmm. Do you feel like tea? No. I've lost my tea appetite. Oh, this is preposterous. We'll meet back at brunch. <laughs> my tweed jacket is coming off <laughs> out of rage. I love tweed jackets. I want one so bad. <laughs> With the elbow patch? Oh, my God, yes. We should. We should get some tweed jackets and then just walk around the town. Soaking up the the rays of the young girl's gaze.
0: And then we we'll, let's also shape off our beard so it's just mustaches.
1: Oh no! Definitely good. Mm-hmm. And just let that come in as bushy as possible.
0: And then my wife's gonna have some hard times beating the ladies back. Yeah.
1: She, won't, she won't be able to. <laughs> she won't She'll be able just to swarm over <laughs> at her. At some point, she's her. gonna have to give up. And just go. Well, his dick isn't just mine now. Yeah, it's just a. It's one of the things of the universe. I just have to accept that. Damn
0: jacket and mustache.
1: <laughs> she's like, I shouldn't have bought him that jacket, but this is where we're at now. She hates it if I have just a mustache. She hates it. Really? I've never done it. I'm sort of worried having um, just a mustache because it is, you know, there's an implication there. It's kind of creepy, but it's also kind of ironic and fun.
0: You know, the first time I this is so off topic, the first time I ever did a mustache Mm -hmm. was because I've seen pictures from many different generations before me. But like of all the generations that I could find from you know back in the twenties, yeah, at some point it seems like every man has gone through a stage of having just a mustache. It's usually no, sometime call. in their twenties or thirties. Yeah, and some of them keep it for a while, and some of them don't. But I can always find a one picture or so. And my dad had one, and my grandfather had a mustache, and it's weird. Well, that means
1: you have. I mean, you have to have the face, but then you have to have it photographed,
0: and that's you have to have it long enough for someone to photograph. I mean, that's at least a year. The first time I did it was just because I was like, "Well, I I think it's fucking dumb, but I'm I got to do it. (laughs) I have to.
1: Obviously, I have to have the face.
0: And then I liked it, and Melissa fucking hated it. Really? (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't remember this face. Yeah. So it happened uh, last time we went to Comic Con when you guys were there. I actually, if you actually look at some of the pictures, I had a little bit of scruff by that point, because I shaved it all down and had yeah. a mustache, but by the time we went to Comic Con, I started to get it back, and then I shaved it off, so it was like a really long phase. I don't know, a couple of weeks, I had it probably. I'm going to try it out, I think. I think I shaved it twice down, and then let it all grow back. Once
1: the winter's over, I'm just going to kill the beard and just the mustache. I say, what,
0: what are you doing right now? My like, face gets cold. Yeah, you're right, it does. It my, sucks.
1: My poor little cheekies get cold. It's like, sha- it's like shaving your ass. You don't shave your ass in the, in the winter because you don't want your cheeks cold.
0: <laughs> have you ever tried shaving your Same ass? It's concept. very hard.
1: It, it, it's a lot of work. You can't
0: see anything. It takes mirrors. It's, oh my goodness. Do you use mirrors? I just guess. I just feel yeah, I have afterwards. Four. <laughs> <I> do the <laughs> just, touch feel? Just feel it. Yeah, no, I missed a bunch of spots, a lot of them.
1: Nah, I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> That's good enough. No, I have like a four mirror system.
0: That's a good idea.
1: Yeah, so I get every angle. Sometimes I just hang out in there and just look. <laughs> We've gone way off topic. <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Jane Wilde's Black Hole. Is that what we were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, Hawking Radiation is what it's called. Right. And here's what's fun. Uh, that little concept that we described 18 minutes ago. Um, actually, is one of the few examples of a scientific idea unifying um, relativity with quantum mechanics yeah. and and thermodynamics in a sense
0: too, which is interesting because that was well, the struggle, right? I mean,
1: yeah, I, think I mean that. The, where two concepts collide is, oh, like, zero. Because oh, was string
0: theory already a thing by this point now? Because I know there was special theory and string theory trying to do the same shit. Or trying yeah, to...
1: it exists. I don't think it's as uh, popular or sexy as it is yet. Yeah. As it is now.
0: Yeah. I think
1: the 80s is when that really got booming. Uh, this is still in the 60s primarily. Oh, shit. But, yeah, I mean, because a black hole is, is a very large object operating on very high terms of gravity... It's a general relativity concept, and then the fact that it's the particle radiation that is destroying it makes it um, unify quantum mechanics and relativity in a fun way, and then thermodynamics as well because it's the radiation is losing heat and suffering from entropy.
0: And natural physics, yeah,
1: yeah. So it was a fun, it was a fun, uh, fun concept. Everybody had a really good day. Um, it also did propose that eventually the things get smaller and smaller until they explode. Nobody's been able to prove that. It probably happens, I don't know. Hmm. But in the seventies, uh popular science started getting cool. So you got your guys. You got Oh yeah. You got you got your Sagans, oh, you got your Feynman's. Yeah. Um that asshole Neil deGrasse Tyson doesn't exist yet, thank God.
0: Ah, oh, he's so good. <laughs> bill nye hasn't come out yet he's not until like what the Uh, 90s yeah yeah
1: but because of because of that general popularity and black holes is such an extreme and interesting concept black holes in the 70s was just cool
0: well and sagan made it fucking sexy as hell oh he did cosmos oh my god i still watch
1: the classic one and just jerk it (laughs)
0: like when he's in his spaceship it's amazing if you're if, if whether you're a science person or not if you haven't watched sagan it is worth it
1: especially especially the Cosmo series. So, yeah. Neil DeGrasse Fuckface redid it for Fox,
0: which is still great. doesn't need to be seen. Watch the yeah. Sagan one. Watch the Sega one for sure. But it's watch Tyson. So Tyson's is good too, man. It was still good. Well, when he's not sexually harassing women. Oh man, yeah. 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 This is I forgot that that was a recent.
1: Yeah. All right, going back to Hawkin. Yeah, who there's no reports of being a being a diddler. Um So yeah, in the 70s, it became very popular, and so he actually became sort of a public figure the way that we sort of know him as, both because of you know his disease, and at this point he's in a wheelchair, and so he would give talks where he wasn't using the electronic voice yet, he would talk in this weird side-mouth mumble thing, and only a handful of people could understand him, like some students and his wife, so they would get on stage and translate for him, and the fact that he... You know, came up with what was part of coming up with black holes, and that was popular. He gave these talks, and people were just enthralled. They were like, "Look at this genius whose mind is trapped in this broken body." It was just a concept oh. that got everybody really into science.
0: Well, it's such a like poetic tragedy, you know, uh, especially because mm-hmm. you think with some of these other guys who <clears throat> helped progress something as uh, you know strong scientific uh, theories and whatnot, yeah. that they probably were bouncing a lot of my ideas off of other people, and I'm sure he did as well. But you probably this slowed down quite a bit for him not being able to communicate as well to others yeah. so he's still coming up with these great thoughts that he just has to come up with himself and isn't really bouncing off other people he's just a brilliant man that's yeah.
1: weird and so well, i mean one of the, so when you are a physicist you are actually doing math like all the, the concepts that we think of like people like me who dropped out of community college same these are physical concepts in my mind like this is cartoons. who you're learning history from <laughs>
0: Hey, we did the research but write this like, so yeah, to me,
1: it's like the fun physical concepts, but they were all invented and then proved on a blackboard, and he, he couldn't use a blackboard, yeah, so he actually figured out how to essentially have a blackboard in his head, so he put all this shit down in his head, like I know some people will say that yeah he wasn't he wasn't an amazing scientist, some people will make that that statement,
0: but they're wrong, I mean, what a fucking brain if you can if you can I can't even fucking spell words if I don't write them down. <laughs> I, I can't I'd either. Say. So yeah, he's doing mathematical I, like equations that are beyond I don't know anybody If the I comes before the E in the word field,
1: or if it goes either way,
0: I have no idea. F I E L D. I think. I think. I, I now see it, the oh, blackboard
1: in my brain doesn't work.
0: Yeah, my, I can't actually like I have to usually write it down. Certain words just from memory I can do it just because I've done enough. But yeah, F I E L D. Yeah, field. But it's always those Great. other stupid... <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> that helps you, right? Yeah. Yeah, for next time you have to do it, though, if I'm not around. So. I
1: swear to God, every time I write it, I do it
0: wrong. Like, receive and all those ones where it's I before the E, but then there's like a shit ton that are not, so... Yeah, I-, I before E, except after C, except when it isn't. Which is like half the time. Which is half the time. Fucking goddamn. Who taught us that rule? Fuck them.
1: It's just because it rhymes. I still know it doesn't mean it's true.
0: <laughs> I can rhyme a lot of stuff that's can- it's not true. <laughs> I can really. rhyme it's all like- kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's not how things work. Um, but Stephen Haw- all Stephen Hawking's theories did rhyme, which is how we know they're true. In the 70s, after he's doing all these public appearances, he actually wins a bunch of awards You know, for popularizing science and for his papers and things. Uh, the biggest one they ever got was called the Lucasian Professor of Mathematics at Cambridge, which... I don't know, that just makes you uh, one of the bigger figures in the mathematics department. It's, it's an award that Newton, uh, Isaac Newton, held.
0: Oh, nice. So uh, that, that brings up the question. So when he came up with these concepts and whatnot and yeah. wanted to write his papers, was it usually his wife who had to write them for him or somebody else? Students. students.
1: Yeah, graduate students. So graduate students at this
0: point were doing
1: the bulk of his stuff. He hadn't hired a nurse yet.
0: Which is interesting because you know it's surprising that what not one student was like – I'm just gonna write my name on this fucking thing. Like, what's he gonna do? Like, who's he gonna tell? Yeah, it was just me and him in the room at the time, so there's nobody to debate
1: it. It's just so he t- he turns it in and it says John at the bottom. John, Johnny, Johnny. So Johnny, you're you're proposing that an um, eight gravity is uh, the the theory of everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, I I don't really want to go into details. You're not smart enough. But um, just read the paper.
1: I'm gonna go hacky sack. Let me know when you're
0: done with that. I got an A. I got an A, didn't I? Thanks, John. God damn it. Yeah. Well, I imagine if anyone ever did, he could easily just be like, go ahead and explain it. And then I will. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Tell everybody how it works. But, um... Yeah, he, um... I don't know. I I wrote this down, but I don't know what it means. He proposed that the N8 supergravity could be the theory of everything. Like, I was just making fun of Johnny. Yeah,
0: so wait, what is N8?
1: See, I couldn't figure that out. uh, So, I did a lot of research to try and wrap my head around this as a simpleton. Yes. And it's actually a competitor with string theory, N8 supergravity. So, it has something to do with um, dimensions, like how many dimensions there are. I think N8 stands for that there are eight dimensions that... I don't know. I couldn't figure it out.
0: <laughs> Nonetheless, I'm sure it was yeah. very helpful in the scientific I'm sure it was world. A lot, a lot of fun
1: for everybody. Um next thing that he proposed that everybody freaked out about is the black hole information paradox. So the quantum laws of information, which is part of the Copenhagen interpretation. So
0: for, what? That's <laughs> that's 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 I'm I'm saying that for everybody who's listening to this. Yeah, I know, I know. Not but, for
1: you. What so, the Copenhagen interpretation is the primary, uh, staple of quantum mechanics. So, when quantum mechanics came out in the early 20th century and everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Cause it's just wild down there. Yeah. In Copenhagen, a bunch of prominent scientists, including, um, Einstein. Einstein. And I think Schrödinger was there and yeah. Max Planck. Um, all decided on using math they weren't just pulling it out of their ass right they were like so this is what we think is happening down there so the copenhagen interpretation is like that's where um wave functions and wave function collapses come from and the schrodinger's cat thing that everyone's heard right uh, t- jokes on from the big bang theory um <laughs> do
0: they talk about that huh yeah i've oh. heard i think
1: i've heard of a joke or two on there yeah. about schrodinger's cat um, that all comes from the Copenhagen interpretation. So
0: Copenhagen comes up with this, in, this uh, Copenhagen interpretation comes up with a baseline of what quantum mechanics is based off of. Yeah. And for anyone who wants, I mean, th- there's Look no it way. Look up, it's awesome. Yeah, quantum mechanics, you can watch a lot of videos on YouTube and you won't understand anything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get any kind of real education from it, but to see what's kind of going on that, that we know is happening is fucking crazy. Because it's not something, so it's not things that happen in natural yeah. physics, it's... So- When they were looking at it, some of it, so much of it, just seemed
1: arbitrary. Like particles would just do things, yeah. And there was no rhyme or reason to it, and so everybody was pissed off that it seemed like there was no causality.
0: It wasn't like it wasn't like with natural physics, where if you take a a basketball and you can throw it at the wall, you could, if you did it the same speed every single time, you could predict when it was going to hit the wall and how fast it was going, all this shit. But when they were doing with particles. You couldn't do it. it. They would be able to get a reading on one or the other, but not could, both, and they couldn't figure out why. They could do whatever they want. There was a whole bunch of other theories that go on, like the, the particles are actually going in and out of existence or another dimension. There's a whole bunch of crazy shit going on. Weird. So, so really what the Copenhagen interpretation
1: is, you could kind of boil down to, is probability. Is that, like, what's happening down there is not actual physical objects moving around, it's the idea of energy interacting with other things of energy. And when you... When you measure it, you are interacting with it, and And then it actually does something. So the Copenhagen interpretation is essentially just that all of the world is a probability that is only happening because it just interacts with each other and stuff happens. So it it is kind of arbitrary, but...
0: Well, it also is interesting because that's the other thing with uh, quantum mechanics was that by looking at it or inter- interacting with it, it would change from what it was doing before, yeah. as if, like, the human element of just viewing it somehow had an effect which makes zero sense. It's a fun idea, but not... And you look at a basketball, and if it's sitting there, if you look at it and if you don't, it's still sitting there. Well... It doesn't do much.
1: When when I go to a basketball game and I stare at the back, the, the back of the head of, say, a Steph Curry or a James Harden, they do play not as good as they would if I weren't doing that. <laughs> yeah. We,
0: so you've, that's the same. You've, you've calculated all the out and done all the uh, research.
1: Yeah. Nice. So when James Harden's on the floor and I'm going, You SUCK! <laughs> you SUCK!
0: He, <laughs> do, he, he plays less. I think he plays like, less well, good. I think that might be a little bit more on the emotional <laughs> side. Some guy's yelling at me. Why? I, I feel I, I don't feel confident right I think now. <laughs>
1: James Harden's accustomed to being totally sucks everywhere he goes. Yeah. Any court except except his own. Yeah. Fuck James Harden. <laughs> so um, Stephen Hawking actually also hated James Harden. Right. Um, he quoted several times that he thought that he flopped too much and that he was an asshole. <laughs> Along that same line of thinking, um, he proposed the black hole information paradox, which we were just talking about. So the uh, part of the Copenhagen interpretation was that all the info about a wave function, which is pretty much just like if you have a set of particles, they have a probability to do X number of things. Right. Right? So, the information of what they actually do is in the wave function. That's a whole math aspect of it that I don't understand. Right. Either. But what he was saying is that, uh oh, and so what that indicates is that any wave function the does not lose information. Stephen Hawking was saying that when you put something into a black hole, it falls apart into this soup of mass and particles that you actually do lose the information of what the probability was. Oh, uh, he was wrong, <laughs> but wow. was that a- that's what he proposed that that started a huge hole of blue in science in the seventies, which I'm sure was really sexy at the time, yeah, but um, he didn't end up conceding to that until
0: much. After it was... Mm-hmm. He finally was like, all <laughs> right, God, <laughs> yeah. fuck you guys, I'm in a Fine. wheelchair, like, give me a break. I can't even talk, Yeah, dicks. When did he start using the box, the voice box? Ah, uh, the 80s. Mm. Yeah, in the 80s, um,
1: a company that, I don't know what they were doing before, but they were working with something like that, where you have a device that has a remote control and you scroll through script yeah. and type out what you want with your thumb. So they were like, what better person to... Test this on, yeah, mm-hmm. and then the the voice they just pulled out, I'm sure what the most basic voice program was at the time, yeah, the one that he ended up sticking with um let's see more science stuff um l- later in the seventies, I think we're talking mid, he proposed the um <laughs> I don't even know if I want to get into this hmm. it's, it's called the hartle Hawking State, so Hartle is just another guy that he wrote the paperwork with. And it's called the Hartle-Hawking state, which is pre-Planck. Do you know what what Planck is? Yeah. So Planck is like one of the smallest quantum states you can have. Right. And pre-Planck, the pre-Planck epoch is pretty much pre-Big Bang. So anything that happened before the Big Bang.
0: Okay. And
1: Stephen Hawking did admit that he had a bias when coming up with this paper because he wanted to disprove the need of God right He wanted there to have not science to not leave any open space for there to need to be a
0: god because the, the probably main debate was well what came before god well what became yeah. what was before the big bang so now you have to well yeah cuz i
1: mean the big bang is just a logical
0: scientific concept and then you have a lot of people
1: saying oh that's god flipping the switch and so yeah. he got annoyed he's like that's not what it's not what that proves yeah so he jumped on board with this guy named hartle too So, what they were looking to do was that right before... So, the Planck epoch is like the first seconds after the Big Bang. It's like from zero to 40-something seconds when everything was just this wild mass where there's just thousands of books written about these these first 40 seconds. Yeah, Pre-Planck is what he's dealing with in which he says that time is a dimension that was caused by physical space uh, i've
0: heard a little bit about this and okay. so
1: he's pretty much saying there's nothing pre big bang to study because there's no mass because it's a singularity right there's no time because time is a type of physical dimension so he said there's nothing there
0: See so, the big bang started at all there was literally there wasn't time before the big bang like, there's no
1: god out there there's nothing right Is what he's trying to propose um the math apparently in this paper works i'm gonna trust people's work on that (laughs) but um yeah he was pretty much just saying that this proves that a with the big bang didn't need to be caused by anything or that there's no way to study that so it's useless to speculate and that also it he believes that it makes the universe self-contained yeah so again just trying to make sure science and atheism hold hands and make the right as we like Angry. how it goes. <laughs> As we prefer it. <laughs> Even though I personally, I, you know, I I would like a good solid theory about Jesus. Yeah. I'm, wait, I'm waiting. Yeah. I subscribe to science magazines, and every month I flip through the contents, no Jesus. It's not going to happen, I bro. Me- I immediately throw it away. <laughs> every month I just look at the table of contents, no Jesus, garbage.
0: And then I pick it up and go,
1: nice. See you next month. I'm going to read this. You science nerds. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, okay, science stuff. He, um, I think part of the Hartle-Hawking state also was, actually, I'm going to talk about this because it actually helped me. This is a concept I hadn't ever been able to wrap my head around until I looked into this. So, the universe is the surface of a balloon, essentially. Okay. So, the physical universe we live in is latex and filled with helium. And we are at a children's birthday party.
0: Is the child sad or happy? I mean, he's like creeped
1: a- out because there's a clown there. Yeah, of course. And the kid has read about John Wayne Gacy. He's familiar with the <laughs> okay. movie It, but he's only seen the first one. Right. His parents wouldn't let him see the new one, and he's just nervous. And that's why we all sort of feel this emptiness that we need to be. <laughs> this is the theory Nice. Jesus. Yeah, Stephen really had some great thoughts. <laughs> no, so <laughs> he was so, part of the, like the time is a dimension thing. He was talking about how the um the the like the fabric of of our universe is not like a ball or a cube. We are the surface of the expanding universe, right? Okay. So, when the Big Bang happened, um we are pretty much just on
0: you know, it's like blowing up a balloon. It just keeps it can keep going and going and expanding and
1: exactly yeah he said that we're like the we're on the surface of balloon, and so he says that the way to think about um it's so weird essentially what it is is that time uh can be seen as the fourth dimension in the way that so if you're standing on the surface of something like we're standing on the surface of the earth sure um if you're standing on a flat surface you see everything as two-dimensional because you can go Side to side, or up and down. Right. But if you step out into space, it's three dimensional. You can go in every single direction. Right. Um, in the same way, the universe feels like it's three dimensions. The same way being on Earth feels like it's three dimensions, but time is the fourth <laughs> <laughs> dimension. Right. I swear to God that this is clear in my head, and I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> explain it. Does any of that make sense to you?
0: No. So. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean like, i I kind of see time as being the fourth dimension, but when you, when we start on like theory of relativity, then I start thinking of it that way
1: it's so, and I think this is actually what they believe to still be the case that time is the fourth physical dimension, yeah, that well, we, we don't we don't get to interact with it, like well, it interacts with us,, yeah. but we don't interact with it.
0: Well, I mean, uh, I think uh, when you start talking about like being able to travel the speed of light and and you're now going, you're now messing with what physics we normally are used to. You're not messing with it, but you're, what we're used to is times linear. But if you were to go to the speed of light, you could start kind of manipulating in certain ways that, you know.
1: It's weird. Yeah. He, so he did say another thing I didn't understand. He said that, Mm. so, so light actually travels. So, you know, like, so Einstein said it's a constant. Right. Which means it's always going the same speed. Yep, no matter what. And he said the reason it looks like that is that in the fourth dimension, it is going in a straight line, that when viewed from our perspective of the three dimensions, it's actually going, it's curving, which makes it seem like it's always going the same speed. See, and I don't know what that means. Either, yeah, I was like, what? But he said, he was like, well, that's why it's a constant, duh. (laughs) He said, even without tone, because and he five talks other people the robot the world voice. were like, "Uh huh." Then the rest <laughs> of us were like, "Okay." <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll take your root for buddy. I believe your robot voice. Yeah. Also, it was a fun thing to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Light curves in three dimensions. Okay, That's weird. I don't know what that means. So, at this point, we're getting into the '80s. His disease is debilitating. He can't do much of anything. Um his uh, his ability to continue to do math was compared to writing symphonies in your head, which they said Mozart did. So he's probably a genius. Right. Um, probably. <laughs> he was criticized, again, in the 80s by popular scientists because they believed that his popularity was due to his
0: disease. So he thought he was getting notoriety. Yeah. he's getting popular. <laughs> yeah, notoriety
1: for, for just being be- a curious figure as opposed to being a legitimate...
0: Which is kind of a bummer Scientist. because, I mean, not only does it sound like he created um, hypotheses and theories that actually came to be, but was still doing continuous work in the...
1: He was still working on it. Well, and and into the late 70s and 80s, he did start not um, proposing new theories. I think he'd established quite a bit at this point for a good name. But at this point, he was sort of like, I'm famous now, I'm rich now, I give talks, I want to write a popular science book. I was about to say, he started writing books, right? Yeah. So... I don't know if Carl Sagan's um, popular yet at that point. I think he is. In the 80s? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I know the the book Cosmos came out in the 70s, so I don't know if Hawking's was emulating that or if it was a concept he had had originally, but he said he wanted a science book that you would buy at an airport. The know. average guy can um, read it. I, exactly. Something you would read on a plane. So he wanted something like that, and so that's where he came up with... Um, the Brief History of Time, which, yeah. um, I don't know, I read it several years ago. I recommend it. It's fun.
0: Did you like it? Yeah.
1: It's it's actually harder to read than um, Carl Sagan's Cosmos. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he wanted to put a lot of um, equations in it and math, and it was his publicist who was like, you can't do that. No
0: one's going to be able to fucking know what that no. is.
1: Even if you'd spent entire chapters breaking it down... People aren't going to read that. Yeah. They're going to get bored. You have to make physical examples. So I guess that was tough for him to get, like, to figure
0: out how to get around that. That's interesting because uh, Feynman talks about the same thing. Mm-hmm. When he talks about magnets, he's trying to explain to other people how atoms work. And he's like, I can give you reference points for that. That's easy. If you think about atoms, I just change the scale. So rather than trying to think so small, we'll talk about balls. And you can put that in whatever scale makes you comfortable. And then we'll talk about what they're doing. Exactly. But with magnetism... You know, electromagnetism, that's too hard. There's nothing else I can compare to. This is how I know it to be. So me explaining it to you is going to be too complex unless you go and do the studying like I did. And that's, yeah, I mean, I I got a
1: whole theory about that. But I think that's what, you know, like, science is at a point now where the regular person honestly can't wrap their head around it. I mean, I'm doing that right now. I can't wrap my head around this shit. So that's why there are flat earthers. That's my theory. (laughs) But... So he wanted to write this book. Uh, He actually went to Sweden to start working on it, and it's very cold there, and he was already weak. So he got pneumonia and almost died. Um, Had a tracheotomy, and that's why he couldn't talk anymore. So that's when he got set up with that company. Started using that device. It's called an equalizer. I don't know. I think that might be the company name. But it used like a – he had a device like a wire put into his head, and he would move his eyebrows to select – words on a screen shit
0: man which i did not know that i thought he was using his actual eyes like it read his eyeball movement but he did that later yeah mm-hmm. um that and he
1: said that that technology did never wasn't ever as consistent as something else so the last model that he used in the 2000s was actually because he couldn't use his finger anymore and he couldn't use his eyebrows he had one um flick in his cheek that he could move one little muscle that he could, he Damn. could flick in his cheek so they use an infrared um, switch or a reader to look at that cheek. And he would flick it and <laughs> run through this panel of words. Fuck, dude. So I think in all the interviews where you see him and he's just talking and talking and talking, I think... It's pre-done. 15 minutes of him selecting the, the sentence. They let him say it. The guy asks a question and then he has to load I, it up.
0: Yeah, there were saying about that where, like, because uh, he would go and tour around, I guess, like colleges or whatever to go have discussions and whatnot and he would answer questions yeah. but their questions had to be uh far you know they're, they're, they couldn't have very many in one night they'd have like two or three questions At most I would so bet. they'd go ask people and if your questions sucked, they'd be like sorry it's just not going to get asked it's not interesting so enough. if it was one of the if you were one of the three you were asking a good question and then mm-hmm. they'd tell him and then they'd continue talking about whatever and he would sit there and go through to come up with the answer but it would take so long forever so then then
1: and i from what i understand the program they was using obviously just kept getting better but he would have it where it's like predictive text on your phone you right so he could he could get a sentence going pretty quickly but i'm sure at some point because it's scientific concepts it's going to take him 15 minutes to come up with a sentence and he was kind of a witty guy he he liked to throw in jokes and stuff so i'm sure he wanted
0: to make it unique, and so yeah. it would take
1: him probably a while to get everything going.
0: Well, and he's he's been in interviews where he's joked around with the interviewers before, and he was in. Uh, he's a funny guy. He was in a small, short YouTube video with uh, Paul Rudd. They oh, play, yeah. they play quantum chess. Quantum chess, and that's right. he says some some pretty funny shit in there too, but.
1: And then there's one where, uh, he goes uh, er oh uh, god,
0: uh fuck. But it was on the late night, one of the late night shows, right? Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien, and, and he asked him. So somewhere, yes, uh, he said he believed Do you believe that there's a multiverse, right? So there's like multiple me's out there that are yeah. all slightly different. And mm-hmm. he said, "Yeah, I do." And he says so that means that in one of those universes, if if it all possible, if if everything's possible, in one of those universes, I'm uh, am, am I'm I? smarter than you. Yeah. And his response back was along the lines of. um I yeah, it's like, but one of them that you're also funny or something like that's that. Like, you right. kind of like hit he's him. like, yes, that's possible, but there's also one where you're funny. Yeah, you gotta just
1: smack them <laughs> <him> back. <laughs> I think it was. I think that was Jim Carrey. This oh, was yeah. that joke that he did. Oh with. yeah. But like, Jim was was um, promoting some movie, and he's like, I want to be able to call Stephen Hawking and pretend like we're friends, and Stephen Hawking was down for it. He's like, okay. Yeah. And he pretended and he and he said, Well, I'm working on this thing, but I don't want to explain it because these pea brains can understand it. I gotta go. I gonna. I was. I'm in the middle of watching Dumb and Dumber or something. So he, he's a funny guy. Yeah. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah.
1: I mean, for yeah, for <laughs> f- famous scientist who's got better shit going on. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I recommend the Brief History of Time. Uh, it's really not that tough to get through. It is a little harder than other popular science books, but I think he did that on purpose. He wanted to keep it kind of rigorous. Um. There is a long chapter about quarks, which. As much as I'm interested in science, I cannot get my fucking mind around quarks. Some of them are blue, and some of them have a negative spin. And I don't know what the fuck that means. Some of them have a charm. I don't know what's <laughs> happening with, <laughs> with quarks. Quarks, I have no idea. Um, he spends a lot of time on black holes also, obviously. yeah. Um, one of the things, after when I was doing this research, I the, the concept from that book that stuck with me later was... Um, Towards the end, he talks about imaginary time, which I just thought was interesting, because imaginary time is apparently real, it's just a time we don't interact with, I guess it's like, it's like the fourth dimension operating on the quantum level, I don't know. Interesting. Weird. It, it was fun. Um, But then he also breaks down, like, the arrows of time, which... um Well, it was kind of controversial when it came out because, so he says, this is just a a theory he has called the arrows of time where you have thermodynamic arrows, which is just the thermodynamic principles, which is everything moving towards entropy. Okay. Everything just breaks down. Everything, like, you don't see a broken cup reassemble itself. Right. Like, the universe we live in, things break. They don't build on their own. Um, and then he said there's also psychological time, which is us reacting to that. Right. So we live our lives as if we're in a world that's moving away from from um, form. And then we... Because we don't expect a broken cup to put itself back that'd together. That'd be weird. And then the last one is the cosmological time, which is just the big bang, that everything's moving outward. So he said with these, uh, he came up with what he calls the weak anthropic principle, which is what got everybody's panties in a knot because you're not supposed to say you're not supposed to talk about the anthropic principle of your scientist. why because it sounds like christianity <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah so the anthropic principle is like saying that the universe the universe is designed for people right or at least it's designed for people to look at it yeah like it, it requires an observer. Um So, yeah, you usually get a lot of shit if you talk about that as a scientist. But he said, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's the weak anthropic principle, meaning that uh, intelligent life that can observe the universe can only exist now while the universe is where it's at. He's like, right now, we're not so spread apart. that There's still heat. There's still things that are close enough that.
0: So it's not so much the universe was built for us, but it so happened to be that the way it is now, we can exist in it.
1: Yeah, like, the universe has to be where it is for there to be life. Right. Not that the universe exists for So life. we can. Yeah. yeah. So he got in a little bit of trouble just for using the anthropic principle word, even though he was using it in a fair... Well, he's an
0: atheist, for God's exactly, sake. Exactly, at
1: the same time. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So, let's we'll see, the only other things is some personal shit that happened. Uh, he, once he got kind of famous, like, um a brief history of time sold, like, ten million or ten gazillion copies it was a worldwide bestseller so he became kind of a celebrity yeah gave a lot of talks stopped writing scientific papers and um i don't know if this is related but him and um jane uh sort of separated she said that his celebrity sort of drifted them apart i'm assuming he had a lot of groupies in wheelchairs just hanging around all the time. wheelchair groupies. She also said that she's a strong Christian, and he kept going on talk shows and talking about atheism. Really? You did not talk
0: about her? that before? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you would think. you think he'd be, well, if anybody. Before you guys got married. Uh-huh. But yeah, that started to bother her, so they, they broke up. He marries his a nurse named Elaine Mason. She's a hot, young thing. Really? Um, no, she's like 45. Oh. And a nurse for him. But mm-hmm. I'm sure... Awesome for, for him. her, yeah. yeah. But and, um, yeah. he said it was great. There is, There are assault, like domestic abuse allegations that she beat him. Really? Yeah. Did he
0: do it or did somebody else put those? Uh...
1: But somebody else, like somebody called the police on her. She, yeah. and she almost got charged, but he didn't want to press charges. And up till the last interview I could see with him, he, he said that what happens in a personal marriage is nobody else's business. So he doesn't really say that she didn't no. beat him.
0: No, yeah. I Which is know. interesting because I can't think of the, the two. There's two concepts of this idea that it's hard for me to wrap my head around. One of them is that what? Why would you hit somebody who can't obviously do anything at all? But two, Jesus, what could he even possibly say that she's just like, bah! like, was he just like she's? I miss Jane, and it says it in his voice, and she's like, you fucker. <laughs> it's like you're no Jane Wilde on
1: the the anthropic principle. That's not scientifically
0: valid. <laughs> and <then you> starts <laughs> smacking slamming. him. And there, he just has to sit there and just, and he's just ouch, ouch, <laughs> please stop. Uh, oh, that's a horrible. That's worse. that's, yeah, a that's an plot. awful. Jesus.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, he, if whether it did or didn't happen, he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And they got a divorce anyway a couple of years later, and he actually got back with Jane. Did he? Yeah. Oh. So, so they have this wonderful whirlwind of a relationship that she wrote a book about called traveling to infinity that became the eddie frog voice red main movie that i didn't finish right go check it out some fun little tidbits here in 2009 he had a highly publicized party for time travelers he's like hey i got all this food and drink if you're a time traveler this day this time this is brilliant (laughs) yeah
0: guess who showed up who Nope, no man. Yeah, I was about to say it would be funny if it was like <laughs> some other weird celebrity. there was just like, "Hey, George Clooney, Hey. what's up? I'm f- I'm a time traveler. Huh?
1: Took me a little while to get here. That's brilliant That's though,
0: because as as long as it's uh fun from the time he said to do it to any time after that, there wasn't any time travelers that were going to and could. Seems like a cheeky idea. It's like, funny. <laughs> uh, really, the sad part is him just sitting there by himself, just being like, "Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew this was going to be pretty much you, the case, but do you think it is robot sucks. voice? He can go." <laughs> I really <laughs> like this dip. You know what they should have done if 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 they were smart enough, you should have had a uh, Doc and Marty, the guys who played them. Like fucking <laughs> just them show up, in and, in uh, dude. That'd be brilliant That Like, yeah, no, it'd be fucking awesome. She's still alive, by the way. Yeah, Jane Wilde still alive. Hey, good for her. Seventy-four years old.
1: I, and you know what? I'm I'm sure that she's the the benefit uh, the beneficiary of his estate, and she stood by him. Yeah. Yeah, she seemed like a nice lady. Okay. Um he died March 14th, 2018 at the age of 76.
0: Uh 2000 w- Did you say
1: 2014? Uh 18. 18 March 14th of oh of sorry. 2018. Uh he was 76 and he wanted the equation for the Hawking radiation carved on his tombstone. I think that's the thing that he's the most psyched that's about. Cool though.
0: That'd be badass Which... to have that on your team. Yeah, cuz
1: I don't think that technically he invented the concepts of black holes i mean i think people attribute that to him because a lot of his theories like popularize them i don't think that he's the guy yeah so i think that what he feels the most proud about is his radiation theory because that is uniquely his and
0: yeah i don't know it is fun it's bad i've seen that on your tombstone it's just like an equation well the funny thing is
1: that everything i could see said that he wanted that there's no pictures indicating that, that is
0: Jane <laughs> let it happen. <laughs> Aww. I hope so, man. I don't know. Maybe I'll just straight can up like, Google his tombstone. Can you Google his, his tombstone? tombstone. Did, uh, so I wonder, did Jane, you know, like when they got back together, was she like, yeah, you're right, there's no God. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. I didn't mean to. <laughs> what happened when we were gone? Shit. Hey, this
1: lady beat me. <laughs> I'm She's hoping. Stephen Hawking. My phone's a piece of shit. It just. A uh, tombstone. Um, there it is, right there. That is not an equation. It's a black hole, though. Oh. Oh no, it is. Here lies. Yeah, it is.
0: Is it? Is so... it written out? Oh, I see it right there. Yeah, like on the left. It t equals h c cubed over eight pi g m k, which I'm just gonna have to take his word for. But yeah, that's a badass tombstone though. It's got like have kind of a black hole thing going on in the background and. It is really pretty.
1: Like, it looks like it's got some dimension to it with the rock carving. Yeah, it looks cool. So, what was really fun about him towards the end there was that he really just became this science mouthpiece fear mongerer, which was fun for everybody. So, he made sure that everybody was afraid of AI. Yeah. Artificial intelligence. And aliens. And aliens. Any kind of... So, I had a whole list. He says he's afraid of AI becoming God. That he said that capitalism is
0: worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said economic inequality is worse than that. Uh, he said aliens will definitely be aggressive and they'll be like Columbus. So,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of see the reasoning behind that. I mean,
1: I don't think he's totally wrong. Well, I
0: think one of the things he was talking about with that was because I, I don't, I don't remember where I heard it or read it or whatever. But I, from what I remember, it was him saying that, "What do you think would happen if?" an alien race who has the technology to come to our planet is going to do anything. They're going to be peaceful or not just off of the fact that they have the ability that we, we would look like monkeys to them. If anything, if they could even gather that we were intelligent enough to keep around, they might just be like, okay, they can communicate stuff, but they're still dumb as shit. Like why? Yeah. And, and his thing was like, why would they be coming here? To say hi? No. It's it, like
1: the movie Independence Day. They're coming here to resources take resources or something. Yeah. yeah. They want your women. <laughs> so he made sure everyone was afraid of that. Um, he did say that space colonization was necessary because humans will not live to 2100 otherwise.
0: Shit. It's
1: his idea. Uh, he said uh, genomic engineering is going to create superhumans who will enslave the other humans. <laughs> Just like sound, like technology is like bad. <laughs> Just a grumpy old guy, like everything's going to yeah. shit. Um, he said that uh, Trump was a very terrible human being whose environmental approach could lead to the end of the world. Nice. Well, um, I'm angry there. So <laughs> he had a lot of fun moments in pop culture. He had he was in a Monty Python skit, which I didn't know.
0: Oh, I didn't know that either.
1: Um, I think the single greatest contribution he ever made was the episode of Star Trek he was on.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: So it's uh. It's Data and the holodeck playing uh poker with with Hawking, Einstein and Newton. And they get in a little bit of a verbal fight. That's funny. Like I think it's I think it's uh Einstein and no, it's Newton and Hawking
0: getting get get mad at each other. And uh Data's just psyched about it. Oh man. (laughs) Some badass. I forgot about that, yeah
1: um he was also an advocate for the disabled so he spoke at the 2012 paralympics um he worked he wore a bunch of a bunch of awards for his work with um advocating for the disabled he even did an ice bucket challenge for the als thing that we all remember because it's still relevant i do remember that (laughs) i remember
0: there was a controversy with it too
1: i didn't remember it until this brought up i was like oh yeah that piece of
0: shit (laughs) yeah i forgot about until you said it but yeah i do remember now what well, because there was the whole thing where everyone was doing it, and then it became a thing of like you're wasting water and ice, and you're definitely not, and you're doing it for attention. Yeah, and like not you're to supposed help to do
1: it, and then make a donation. Make a, nobody was making. Nobody a donation. made. Yeah, no, it was,
0: it was ten million people did it, and ten people donated. It was a
1: yeah, it was a piece of shit. He couldn't do it obviously for health reasons. He can't get ice poured on him. He was in his seventies at that point, so right. he had something else do it for him. Um. He also flew up into Zero-G on a Virgin Galactic ship. I don't know if anybody's seen the vid- uh, the footage of that. So he wanted to go to space, but personal space flights actually still don't exist. So Virgin Galactic, the company, and SpaceX are both talking about making that a thing.
0: Right. We're- I've heard this for a while now.
1: But it doesn't exist now, and it didn't exist then. But Virgin Galactic could take rockets up into the outer atmosphere where you would experience zero g so he did that that's cool and the
0: video of i think i've seen that a, a little hilarious because you can see he's kind of like half like not fetal position but you kind of see he's like his legs are kind of starting i think they tied his feet together yeah. so that he
1: wouldn't flop around and so he does kind of just look shh, like his back is straight he kind of looks like a board yeah but you can see a rather humongous smile on his face yeah so i, I that's he, gotta be funny he definitely be. wanted and he did say that he hoped he would go to space before he passed away, but you know, Zero G's pretty goddamn close. Yeah. Um he let's see, he won the Commander of the British Empire. Uh uh-huh. huh. Hmm. Which is just below a knight. Um he got twelve honorary degrees. He wasn't knighted. He was not knighted. Wow. And no Nobel Prize. So and no Nobel Prize. So maybe yeah. maybe he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Maybe we should just delete this podcast. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, That's pretty much everything I had. I mean, I had a bunch of other scientific concepts, but we touched on most of them, and the rest of them are kind of boring, like singularity shit. I mean, I think the only other interesting concept we didn't talk about that he was a big fan of is the many worlds theory. Yeah, it was like multiverse
0: kind of shit.
1: Yeah, that every time, we were saying before with probability, every time a wave collapses, the many worlds theory indicates that every other probability also happened, also happened, but in another dimension,
0: and it's, it keeps branching out over and over.
1: I don't know about that shit. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe what's
0: what's his name? Uh, the uh, scientist. I can't remember his name. Uh, he's uh, the Asian with white hair.
1: Oh, Michio Kaku. Yeah, <laughs> That's a he's good so
0: guy. cool, dude. He did like a whole entire episode on it once, and I fucking thought it was ep- it's r-
1: it's enthralling, but. I don't know. I
0: don't know. At first, I thought, when even watching the episode, I was like, this is kind of more like a fun thing, right? But, like, he goes into it, and I, yeah. like, he's a believer for sure. And I was like, too many scientists are on the same plane? It sounds like and, it. Yeah. I guess
1: the science just speaks to that, and this is just my speculation, but then maybe the wave function doesn't have to collapse. Right. So, the fact that it does is just us observing one of them. Right. Like, it doesn't have to do anything, but when it collapses, you're like, well, they all happened. Yeah. Because there's no probability more for the one that happens. Right. I think maybe they just aren't comfortable with the idea of randomness. Like, because they even, like, like, even Einstein said, God doesn't play with dice. Right. I think scientists don't like the
0: idea that maybe down there it is legitimately random. Which. Which just is too mind-boggling. Things And it is. We see actions and reactions, and that's what we want to see. And if stuff is not doing things that you would think it's going to do, why is it doing what it is? And if you can't figure that out... If you tell a physicist you can't measure this their brain explodes
1: <laughs> what else could they do
0: well i think now they're i mean I, I was trying to watch i didn't get very far i watched um it was either mit or harvard videos on youtube because they just have those fucking going yeah, yeah. and they were talking about uh quantum physics and i got about four i mean these things are two three hours long and i got about four yeah. episodes in and two of the things that i realized when they were going over this stuff as one is they're comfortable with this now like it, i think they've figured out enough stuff of being like this is how it is and we know more now and there's still stuff that seems what many would consider odd or weird but it's mm-hmm. not it's only weird because it doesn't make sense to your brain however the more you study it the more mathematics you put into it and we're realizing that stuff's just kind of working all together you know, waves and particles are probably more of the same yeah. thing rather than being a particle or a wave. It's actually both, and it just depends on what, you just how you look to, at it. You have to get over
1: the fact that yeah, that, that, it's not what you think it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, so watching those those videos, it kind of seems like either a they found out more information, or b they don't care that it's weird, and they are now able to explain more about it.
1: I mean, yeah, it's it, so the more you look at it, the more it's going to create its own type of logic. Where you're, eventually, it's not going to be random. Cause I bet. All science is like that when a new thing comes up you're like oh, this is this fucking weird sense. yeah you just gotta throw stuff at it and measure it and poke it with stuff until it makes sense yeah i think quantum mechanics is just like the way our brains work doesn't naturally work the way it works down there so yeah. it's going to take a little bit longer but eventually we'll have time travel we'll have um dick size enhancing
0: quantum that's never happen. that will never happen <laughs> It hasn't happened t- in the last whatever, however many teleportation years. Teleportation will happen before <laughs> yeah. they can change the size of your dick. Size of your dick and you no, know, not going bald. Those things will never happen.
1: <laughs> That's so That's depressing. <laughs> you will always be bald with a small yeah. dick.
0: And hey, even trying to work but on that thing for decades. You can go back decades. and see dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. 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 You want
1: to go see dinosaurs? <laughs> you can go back and fuck, fuck Cleopatra. She won't fuck you because you're Cause bald. bald with <laughs> a small dick. <laughs> <laughs> You could go back and try. (laughs) Oh my god, that's great. (laughs) And that was what Stephen Hawking was trying to tell us all along. Good night, folks. Really? The moral to Stephen Hawking's entire life was just that.
0: (laughs) Don't Don't sue us.
1: You're bald bald (laughs) and you have a small dick. (laughs) That's That's all he ever wanted to tell everybody. Yeah. Good podcast. Yeah, he's a good guy. Now... Thanks for listening to the program. Mm-hmm. Mm. People time. This has been a presentation of People
0: Time. Nah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out.
1: Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and Subscribe. Bitch.